What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology, and I am back. This is Trust in Jesus Ministries as well. And so as we are going through our daily Devo, man, we're diving into Genesis. Uh, we're in Genesis uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. And um, we are on a new stage. So we have left what we n- have been studying so far in uh, the creation account. And now we're on uh, kind of the second creation account. Or really, it's more of uh, the history of man. It's the start of what's um, the the story besides God and his beauty and his wonder and who he is. But it's a story of how mankind falls. It's the story of how mankind uh, goes from a beautiful and wonderful relationship, which God planted him in a garden, did well. And then how we have uh, uh, corrupted through sin. And then God's path to bringing us back to himself. This is the the account of man. So, um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and dive into it. If you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and read Genesis chapter two, four through seven. If you have, then uh, yeah, let's dive on into it. So, what does the text actually say? Uh, it says these are the uh, these. This is the account of the heavens and the earth from when they were created in the day that the Lord God had made earth and heaven. And before there were any shrubs in the field. Uh, uh, shrubs of the field on the earth and before the the seeds or the plants of the field were on the earth had sprouted up um, for God had not or for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the land and there was not a man to uh, work the land um, a mist would rise up from the earth and water uh, all of the face of the land and uh the Lord God molded uh, man from the dust of the earth and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man was a living being. We have the second account of the creation of man, and this is more like a, uh, a an in-depth look of uh, creation. So the first one was more of a, um, a whole total type sphere of understanding creation. And now we have zoomed in. It is like what they say, a, a thousand foot and then a 50 foot. Um, it's a, uh, a telescope and then a microscope. And we actually see that in the way that um, the first account was written, how it was uh, one side the first three days and then the fulfillment of those sides on the next three days. And so what scholars say sometimes it's called a um, general to a specific. It went from the um, creation of lights, which is general, to the creation of um, the greater and the lesser, specific. Went from the uh, creation of the skies and the waters, general, to the creation of uh, birds and animals. Or I'm sorry, not animals, birds and, and creatures of the water, sea creatures, uh, general, specific. And then finally, the trees and, and the land to um, animals and human beings, uh, specific, general to specific. And in the same way, we move from a general creation of uh, God created this the first day, second day, third day. Now we're going to specific. Uh, God is, is, is um, creating man with his own breath and molding him with his own uh, hands from the dust of the ground. And so this is the specifics, which is an intimate picture of 
um, God's creation of human beings, which is so, so cool. So awesome. Um, but there are a couple of things we got to touch on because if I didn't, I wouldn't be doing justice to the text, right? One of the things that is important is that it talks about, um, I'm sorry, actually, I'm gonna have to back back and start with the generations of the heavens and the earth. Uh, this is this is how we know this is the beginning of the human story. We see this, I think, 11 times in Genesis. We're going to see these are the generations, or this is the account. Uh, it's called a told dot, and we talked about that in the, in the introduction. And it begins to talk about not the uh, one who gives the, uh, the, the, the seed, but the one, uh, this, who the seed is. It begins to talk about that person. And in this way, it's, it's talking about... Um, the, the humankind, it begins to tell the story of humankind. Um, we see that the generations of heaven and earth comes a man. God formed that man from the dust of the ground. And, and that's how he's a generation of the earth is because God formed him from the dust of the land. And but now let's hit on the, that uh, that stuff I was talking about the um, the warrants because uh, you're probably asking the question. I thought that God had created the uh, the trees and the and the plants and seeds before he he created Adam. But in this it says it was before there were trees and seeds and plants and stuff like that. But I think the idea here is also a foreshadowing of what's to come when sin enters the world. I say this is because it talks about a specific plant that doesn't um, um, thrive on its own. And and one that is actually uh, full of thorns and thistles is the idea, I believe. It says the shrub of the field. And the only time it's used is when it's talking about uh, Ishmael and when he's hiding up under it or using it as shade in the desert. And the ideas of, of a wilderness that comes about. And then also it talks about these seeds uh, or these plants that are in the field. And these plants are plants that maybe have to be tended to. Uh, that's why it says that there was no man to tend the field. Because these plants had to be tended to rather than producing seed of their own. Because when we read in the first half or the first chapter of Genesis, it talks about these trees bearing fruit after their kind that bear seed, seed bearing seed. I think the idea is, is what the author is trying to convey is that when God initially created this world, it was made for where man would need to do nothing for it to flourish. Now he would take care of it and he would subdue it and reign over it as God had commanded him to. But it wasn't a, a toil or a struggle and labor, but it was just work, the kind of work uh, that God did, a skillful work. Um, the word for work is uh, uh, um, different than the word for, for work that is used here. One is, is for skill, a thing that we do by trade, it talked about the the skill of the the artisan when the Lord gave the spirit to build the the tabernacle. That's the kind of work that God did, and that we were supposed to do on this earth, and we still do in some ways, obviously. But with this foreshadowing of sin, 
It's going to talk about a different word for work. And this work is to toil or to labor. And that's the work that's going to occur because of the the sin of man. Now, um, we also see that beautiful creation of what God had did for us as he made us out of the sand. He said he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And we became a living being. It's because God breathed in us that we have life. And we have life uh, continually because of him. Paul says that in him we live and move and have our being. He is the source of life. And Jesus says in John, he says that, that he has the power to give life as well because he is the source of life. So what's, uh, uh, what is the scripture saying about God? Well, he's sovereign creator of all things. It reestablishes that fact as it says that God has created the, the trees and the field and that he has uh, created man with his own breath. He is sovereign creator. But also it's, it's saying something about him being covenant Lord. Now, if you've uh, noticed, as I read, I went from saying God to um, um, Lord God. And Lord is probably in your scriptures, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Well, that is the divine name. The Tetragrammaton is what they call it, or Yahweh. And that is the covenant name of, uh, of God. That's his name that he gives to the people when he establishes his covenant with them and says that he will be their God and they will be his people. See, this covenant name is what the author is placing in combination with Elohim, which is God, the title. And he's saying not only is this creator who we talked about in the first chapter, but that creator has bound himself in a relationship with us. He's not only God of creation, but he is our personal God, Yahweh, the one who has bound himself to us. (laughs) Ain't that amazing, man? Well, what is this saying about man? Well, I think it's saying that that God desires to be in relationship with us. That's why the author uses the covenant name. Is he desire that we are to be in relationship with him? And two, that we're special. That when it talks about all these other creatures being created, man, we were the only one that he created by breathing in us life and by forming us or molding us out of the dust. And it says the word it uses is yetzer, uh, and it's kind of like a potter, one who molds and and crafts with that skill that I talked about earlier. That's how he did mankind. That's how he did human beings. That's how he did us. That's how he did us. But not only that, though, we have a purpose. It says that there was not man to, to tend the ground or to uh, to to watch over the earth. Uh, to take care of the earth, to keep the earth. And so we, we God has given us, uh, um, not opportunities, but they are opportunities, but has given us roles and tasks that we're to do. Man, we're, we got to do them, though. We got to do them. So how can we apply these truths to our lives? Well, first off, man, I think that we should just recognize the worth that God has given us and that we are his images and his, uh, um, and his likeness. And that he molded us uh, uniquely uh, with its breath. He breathed in us life. And that's something special. And if we could just 
if we could just do that, if we can just rest in that, I mean, life would be so much better. I appreciate you guys for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode as we continue our study through Genesis.